by the way, you're cut off right at your your lips. So can you move your computer? Oh, sorry. Or maybe I can just hand. straighten my uh, spine. That'll do it. That that works. Good. All right. So, uh, how do you say your name? Uh, well, uh, everyone say, says it in a different way, but it's Amiran. Uh, it's it's Georgian. I live in Poland. I am like quarter Georgian, and uh, so it's like probably the only name like this in Poland. Uh, but it's okay. A Amiran, Amran, so uh, English. Amiran. Amiram. Yes, this is, yes, this is great. Okay. Um, we had just gotten started, um, and we basically of understanding, if we can understand just this point about the Buddha, then we can unpack that point. But we always want to start with that one point of Dukkha, Dukkha Naroda. The Buddha even said that there's sutta where he says, "I've only I only teach one thing." Right. Then he said, "Both for before and now, I have taught only one thing, to make sure that they got it." Okay. This is there's only one thing there. There's not that he changed his method that he had mm. been saying with the same thing since he started teaching. Dukkha, dukkha naroda. Now, the definition of dukkha should be seen as not suffering. Doesn't mean suffering at all. What it means is dissatisfaction. Mm -hmm. You could ask anyone, are you suffering? And they'll say no. And, and then they'll say, do you have any annoyances in your life? Do you have any little things that bother you from time to time? And everybody will say yes. That's what we mean by dukkha. Is, is that things are annoying. And so basically what we have to do, the very short way of looking at it is, is to check out whether the things that we're thinking about in the mind are annoying kind of thoughts, or are they wholesome thoughts? And if they're wholesome thoughts, then we're good to go. And if they're not wholesome thoughts, then out they go. And that's the secret to the whole, whole practice. That a lot of various systems and schools have lost track of the very important quality of the, the Pali is the Panchanarava, which means the five hindrances, the, those things that negate. Okay, so this is basically what we're kind of, for a beginner's way of looking at it is, is that dukkha is in fact the hindrances. Because mm. what the hindrances are is hindering you from feeling good right now in the present moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. So if we can catch the mind in hindrance and then throw the hindrance out, we've we've accomplished something. And we feel that we've accomplished something. Almost the major work has been done. The job to be done is to throw the hindrance out. Now that we've thrown the hindrance out, it's almost like relief. Now I'm giving you kind of a shorthand method because I want to make one point here, and that is, is that many of the systems um, 
An example of that is one that's known as choiceless awareness. And sometimes the Mahasi method is practiced this way by students in the sense of noting the hindrance and looking at the hindrance, inspecting the hindrance, getting insights from the hindrances, but we don't throw the hindrance out. Hmm. And so that would mean that the Buddha is teaching dukkha, 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 and eventually Naroda. Mm-hmm. Which is the way that most people practice it. Right. But the easy way to practice it is to see the dukkha right now and come out of it right now and be in the here now right now without having it be a special here now. It's just an ordinary here now. It's just free from the hindrance, which is marvelous in and of itself. <sighs> Yes, it's very like refreshing perspective. Can I ask a question now? Um, sure, so, sure. This is your talk. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, so this is like great starting point um, for my for what I see as my particular problems, which may not be like very particular, but let's see. So, uh, so what what I learned about myself in the past like one year or so. Uh, which shed a light on what I have been doing with practice like in the past like 10 years maybe is that I have some like since childhood I I, I have developed this uh, survival mechanism of my mind of escaping difficult emotions and they are they've been always hidden and I've been superficially like extrovert and joyful and happy and so on but actually, I have all the time some some difficult emotions in a clinch in a way. So like uh, anger, sadness, despair. And That's very typical of Northern and Eastern Europe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it. And I've been searching, you know, for different descriptions. Some 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 I don't know therapies describe it as narcissism. But in any way, it's it's like cutting off the feelings and presenting some persona that's kind of fake and not being able to connect to also the body. So I'm, for example, when I'm doing body uh, scanning, I only recently started doing this very like heatfully and noticing what, what actually am I doing when I'm doing this guided body scanning like 40 minutes. And actually I was scared because I, I only now realize that I'm all the time, I'm the habit is taking me back to the, like behind my eye somewhere to the safe place as if to like guard myself from these sensations which could have brought some difficult emotions right um so and also it's uh, it leads to difficulty in, in the practice because i've been for me like going after this uh small joy that's available uh you, you often talk about gladdening gladdening the mind right but for me the risk is that i've been doing this on a fake superficial level for my whole life and it's it feels dishonest right so finding some something about some some pleasant uh a pleasant imagination of possible future events and use it to escape the the problems escape the difficulty difficult emotions right uh so and 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 i i i've realized that i've been doing this for a long time so so which means that i've been gladdening only small part of the mind while the rest was, you know, some gray mess, which wasn't even touched, right? Uh, and and I could only Again, feel that's the... very typical. 
Oh, that's that's glad, glad to hear because because probably there are there are ways to kind of counteract it. So so just 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 to finish this, I I only was able to reach more depth by some kind of depth uh, breakthrough, which usually required going far into dukkha, right? So like banging my head against the wall and doing this kind mm-hmm. of strain that I haven't been noticing, and then after a while or a long while. I was seeing that what you said, you know, what could seem like dissatisfaction was really a lot of dukkha. So sometimes, very seldom, my mind could see, and I almost immediately felt deep compassion and, and like crying that this this tension, I recognize that it's been with me my whole life and I've seen just dukkha, dukkha, dukkha in something that before like, uh, seemed like ordinary life. but. The, the, the problem is that it's very difficult for me to reach these breakthroughs, right? And I probably, I'm, I'm hoping that there are better ways than just like bang, banging my head against the wall, right? I would, I would hope so. The first thing that I could say is, is going deep is not the right direction. We need to go up. We need to brighten the mind. Mm-hmm. We need to make it strong and bright and clear and capable. Before we even try to go deep, yes? Or... Right, and so mm-hmm. let's not even talk about going deep. Mm. Let's talk instead about, and I'll even ask you this question, if you, if your mind was in fact bright and sharp and you were in a position of feeling really good and comfortable about yourself, in that position, could you deal with those dark feelings that you've been talking about avoiding? Could I, sorry, I, I missed this. Could, could I what, with, with those feelings? The dark feelings that you right. have been avoiding, are you willing to look at them? Uh, are you willing to jump in there? Only, only recently, so I, I've had this kind of, uh, uh, kind of breakdown and kind of mini depression, and only recently I started to learn to feel this kind of courage to what, that this is the, the, the ultimately freeing thing, to be able to look at anything uh, uh, but it's not it's not yeah. with the joyful escaping mind which I y- usually had, but more with feeling this kind and of heart. You, you must have missed the premise. Uh-huh. You, I think missed the premise. Let me start again. Okay. And that if your mind was sharp and focused, and you felt good and secure and comfortable. In that state, would you be willing to deal with, look at these feelings and deal with them? Sure. Yes. Yes. Uh, definitely. Okay. And that's what I've been searching for a while. But 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 it's the, these. I guess I'm. It's hard for me to find a reliable way to get into this place. Right. You do have to get your mind fit for work before you do the work, and you haven't right. ever gotten your mind really fit for jo- doing the job. And so let's work on getting the mind fit for work. Right. Mm -hmm. Because, in fact, the process of getting the mind fit for work means that um, keeping the mind fit for work means that you can deal with those feelings and keep the mind fit for work without it getting dull again, which is normally what happens with feelings. Right. That when feelings are deep, whatever they are, and there's only a few basic ones, if we understand what they are, the first important thing to understand is they're not you. 
that you are not those feelings, and yet our whole language system is built upon it. For instance, I am angry, or I'm frustrated, or I'm sad, or I feel so depressed. There's always this I in there in the sense of the anger or the depression comes in and grabs the self. And so this is normally we feel a victim to our own feelings. But what we're doing here is there we're, we're waking up so that when that feeling comes, we can say, aha, I can see you. And we disassociate ourselves from it. We are no longer that feeling, I am angry, or I'm angry. Mm. No, it's just, there is that anger, ha ha, I've dealt with it before, I can deal with it again. Let me take a few deep breaths and rough it off. Well, so, so my problem with this is that uh, maybe because of my like avoiding uh, habits, these what what I, I I was thinking that was this kind of anatasanya, like like trying to like perception of of of, of not self, like applying this to 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 objects. There always has been aversion in it, right? So actually pushing away, and what maybe I could call like you know this ego dissociation, right? Which I'm sure is not what the <laughs> Buddha meant, right? So so like actually pushing away, or it's too subtle to to notice because it's so pervasive. Uh, in my mind that it's uh... if you get your mind fit for work then the subtleties will not be so subtle and mm -hmm. you can see what you're doing and in fact you can see it when it's subtle before it gets so big that it grabs you by the throat mm. literally mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. figuratively and when I say literally I mean that the throat gets tight and tensions come and it's it's yeah with me it's like almost always tight right so yeah um and I heard you talking about the, that it actually comes from the, the shoulders, which I'm sure this is the case, and pressuring the head, which is great, but uh, just relaxing shoulders usually is not enough for me. So, so what would you say in such case, you know, about the process of uh, getting the well, mind all ready? All of those tensions, all of those tensions are based in fear. But so is anger. That in fact, a lot of the tension is protection, the kind of protection. Um, lions are a very, very clear example for the, for the Dhamma because of the lion's mane. Why does the lion have a mane? Sorry, mane? What, what, what is mane? The big, bushy part. Ah, right. To the big male, okay, the mane. Right, right, why right, does right. The, why does the lion have a mane? Uh, I think I heard you talking about it some in some of the videos, so I, I would be cheating if I would reply. But I think it was to protect against the, the bite, right? Uh, right, exactly. It's for protection. Yeah. Okay, so that's what you do when you are afraid, you put on your lion's mane and for protection, and we get all tensed up, only we don't even know about it. Right. Until the tension becomes tireful, tiresome. But if our mind is really sharp and fit for work, then we can see 
that tension much sooner, much easier. Right, but I guess my problem is that the, the this wrong attitude is there with the mind from the very beginning. So it's the it's, what? it's the this kind of wrong attitude of, of this like treating practice as as actually okay. So it's like I see the practice as a way to escape. So it's driven by the fear very often, right? So the, this wrong attitude of kind of narrow mind, survival mind that I I will be I will do the breathing so that I can escape something, right? Uh, is, right, is there okay. from the very beginning, right? And with the... Uh, but once you do escape it, then you're the winner. Yes, everyone starts as a victim. Sure, right. Until they have one or two successes. Mm -hmm. And now they've, got, now they've got a win. Now they've, now they've got uh, uh, their game bag filling mm -hmm. up. Okay, this is where confidence comes. And the whole quality of the Eightfold Noble Path, especially the quality of right attitude, is mm. to change our attitude out of being a loser mentality, needing something, wanting something, even to, ha-ha, look at that, I just did it again. Yeah, I, 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 I like this point, what you made about the winner mentality, and, and actually my, my point about it is, is actually... I, again, probably like, like a lot of people, I have very bad associations with the winner mentality because winner for me means you know winning uh to impress someone winning with some people like competing right so okay, i have when like to impress me already sorry when to impress me i'll be impressed <laughs> but yeah, you I see don't... what you've got to do is you've got to give yourself permission to feel like that you can be a winner that you mm. don't have to remain a loser. And in fact, part of your uh, loser's mentality is so strong that you even justify that winners are bad people. Yeah, that's probably... Yeah, it feels like Nietzsche talking about Christianity and resentment, that it's based on this kind of approach. Uh, yeah, it feels like this. Um, no, but we're talking about a choice. Mm. Dukkha or Dukkha Naroda. It's your choice. But, but your habit is Dukkha. Your habit is to stay in the old thoughts, and now you're even giving yourself justifications of why, why you should stay in your old thoughts, rather than giving yourself permission to change and to come out of that. Mm -hmm. Stop feeling like a loser. Start feeling like that you're successful. That you're safe and secure. Well, let me. Can, can I ask one question? Nobody's looking at you. So, so you you mentioned that I could impress you. So this is also one of the problems I found that I'm very often because of the this this habit, which probably you will say is is common, is actually too um, to impress someone to think about some kind of authority versus doing it really deeply for myself, right? And I think I only start approaching this feeling of doing this for myself I when I feel... Joking. I Sorry? Was, when I said that, I was, I was joking completely, and I thought you knew it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, but... Yeah, 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 but, but, but actually... Go... Great. 
You, you don't need to do that. You need to be able to give yourself permission that it's okay for you to be successful in your practice. Yeah. Because right now you won't let yourself be successful in your practice. Mm. You yeah, are that's... actually clinging to your dukkha, as most people do. Hmm. Because that's it's been why like my a... job is I rattle your cage and to say, wakey, wakey, look at what you're doing. You yeah. can become a winner. You can feel good. You can gladden your mind. You can actually do it. But you've got to be willing to give up being a loser. Yeah, and, and, and change the perspective on what even loser means, right? It's like winning for me, right? Not for for impressing or for any status stuff, right? Uh, which is, yeah. When, and everyone is raised that way. We are all yeah. born losers. Every one of us. Every child is born little. Not able to change his diaper or feed himself or do anything. And no matter how rich the parents are, the kid spends the rest of his uh, childhood being told what to do. And so we get mm -hmm. in the habit of being told what to do. We even keep a bunch of those old rules that we had to follow when we were kids and we store them so that we can make sure that we keep doing what we were told to do. Right, right. And when we have that kind of stuff going, it's a hindrance. The fact that we carry it around is actually uh, much deeper than that, and we'll deal with the deeper parts of it later. But the right. fact is, is that now we're in the habit of being the, the loser that we started out in childhood as. And my invitation to you is grow up fully and be completely fully an adult, a winner. A guy who's in charge of his life, one who's responsible for his happiness and, and dwells in it happily. Yeah, I, I think I needed uh, this really strong dose of dukkha to really have this kind of wake up, right? I guess Buddha said that no, some people... No, you don't. That's the whole problem. That's mm -hmm. the problem. The problem mm -hmm. is we think that we're so stuck in it that we need to have really heavy doses of dukkha before we can see it. Hmm. That's not the style of the Buddha. The Buddha and the whole quality of what we're doing is stop spending so long in Dukkha and see it quickly as Dukkha and get rid of it quickly before it gets big enough that it actually slaps us in the face. Yeah, I mean, the, the more skillful we are, the less Dukkha we need, right? To, to actually see it, right? Well, I guess what I'm saying is that it turned out that Let I... The more skillful we are in uh, a certain skill set, including sati, then the less often we spend in right. dukkha. Right, right, That's right. That's a better way of saying it. We, because we wake up to see, we wake up to see before we get into it when we're really good, but a little bit less than that is we, we uh, see it right as we're stepping into it. But most people are really taking a bath in it before they recognize how bad it stinks. Hmm. So can, can I ask you some practical questions? How, how, because 
what what comes to what comes to my mind is how this sneaky attitude like creeps into like me so uh into my mind so so the, i would say like two things so one on the mental side there's this whole framework that i often cannot see that um that that is very subtle so that i'm not here for myself but there's some expectations in the future and this gives this kind of a bit fatalistic uh taste uh about the, the here now it's not like truly here now right because i see this as some future problems, some expectations, and so on, and, and it's very subtle. And and there, right from the very beginning, if I don't notice it, right, there I am this kind of loser because I'm doing something to, let's say, uh, prevent some future, I don't know, humiliation, for example, or right. So I'm doing this to prevent some 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 future problem, and this is very very subtle to notice, right. And and the second way is even in the body, the, the, the constriction and the dullness that you mentioned, right? So let's say if I am about to sit, uh, it's so overwhelming, the, the, the tension in my head um, and the emotion that I can't when notice it. When does that happen? When does that happen? When does right. that happen? Um, well, I would say like 90% of the time, unless I do, well, I, it, it would when, be easier for when when does that happen does mm -hmm. it happen like 30 minutes into a sit or 40 okay. minutes okay. into a sit right. right right when does this happen does it happen as you're walking down the street now that you've started meditation now you have tense next every time you see right. a stoplight please be specific tell okay me when. great that's a that's a great question so actually if i Usually when I close my eyes, so when I sit down, uh, so it, it doesn't happen when I walk, when I do walking meditation, uh, usually, because I can feel the feedback from my whole body and I am forced to go against, uh, like to feel these emotions. But if I sit down and I want to do Anapanasati, which is the reason I haven't been doing it for a while. Well, first of all, there's this, um, there's this, uh, desire to close my eyes which is like unwholesome desire to close my eyes which which is like this going after this safe feeling inside my head which already starts to shutting down some muscles around my head so that i feel safe against these some emotions some subtle emotions of uh like anxiety and then if I if I follow this, then it 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 starts going on. Sometimes when I keep my eyes open, uh, and only close my eyes when I've dealt with the grossest uh, uh, defilements, sometimes I reach the state that that my eyes close more naturally and they are not like shut down very forcefully, but like uh, like are are slightly like a little bit open. But but the, the closing of my eyes is not driven by this avoiding habit which is which is for yeah again i would describe it as escaping up okay, inside to, towards my head that. okay great let's leave that for a moment mm -hmm. let's leave that with the way to make sure for the eyes is first off don't tighten them closed don't squeeze them tight closed anything else is okay 
letting them close naturally or close down to the point that they're very little open, that's all natural. It's okay. Mm -hmm. You can either close them naturally or keep them open and then let them close by themselves or keep them open. It's up to you. This is not the issue. Right. Normally what people will do is is that they, sometimes their eyes will be open and sometimes the eyes will be closed. Right. The question is, in fact, if you can get yourself into a really, really good state, and I'll define what that means later, but get yourself into a really, really good state when the eyes are closed and then open your eyes and see if you can maintain that really, really good state. So this is something to play with. So let's go on now. Let's not dwell on eyes. <laughs> okay, okay. So the next the next part is actually breathing, right? So if I decide to watch the breathing, then what happens, and I guess it's pretty common, is I I start to, instead of watching the breathing, I start to control the breathing. Um, Absolutely. In a 100%. Without a doubt. Keep going. I'm listening. All, all right, all right. And the way, however, okay, so this is not the issue, but, but the issue Anyone is that Anyone who tells you, let's stop there and let's process that. Okay. There, there are some, um, let us say, old ways of doing that that gets traced back to later literature about the 5th century A.D., where the indication is not to control the breathing. However, the suttas themselves, the actual instruction of the Buddha is long, deep in-breath and long, deep out-breath without a doubt. That well, means it's got to be controlled. But the, but the sutta and says... So we learn to control the breath, and there's a whole lot of physiological reasons for doing it. Mm -hmm. But if you just merely watch the breath, then the mind will wander away from it really easily because you're not paying much attention to it. But if you're actually physically controlling the breathing so that you know at least on the in-breath, one point on the in-breath you have sati, that you know that this is an in-breath, and then on one out-breath you know that this is an out-breath, that's another point of sati. So thank you for, for mentioning this. because I remember I had this doubt when, when reading the long time ago, the Buddha Dasa Anapanasati, uh, like a treatise. So, because he actually mentions about starting doing the short breathing and then doing a long breathing. And, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, the Sutta says, you know, the monk, when there's short breathing, the monk knows there's a, a short breath. And, and when, when there's a long breath, the, the monk knows that there's a, lo a long breath. So it doesn't necessarily say Who that... gave you that term? No. K-N-O-W. Who uh, gave you that word? That's a bad translation. All right. I think I think both Bhikkhu Bodhi and Thanissaro... Uh, no, not Bodhi. Bodhi uses the word understand, which is a much better word. Oh, okay, okay, understand. So, so, but what, what's the difference in this case? It, it still doesn't a mean that... A whole lot, because this is how whole bases of practice are known. Mm-hmm. It's whether you're controlling the breath, because you just know it's in and out, or whether you're really understanding it. You're really in there piddling with it. You're really in there controlling it. Mm. Not only that, but with neuroscience, we come to know that the breath is normally controlled by the reptilian brain here in the back. Right. But then the MRIs show, or the functional MRIs, will show that when people are told to breathe 
in a certain way or uh, controlling the breath, it always lights up the frontal cortex, which is exactly what we're trying to do in our practice, is to light up the frontal cortex. So we do it with the breathing. So kind of like dolphins, which I guess always breathe intentionally and can also stop breathing intentionally, uh, unlike people. Uh, so yeah. this is basically Anapanasati is learning to control the breath. Let's put it this way. If you cannot control the breath, how do you expect to control the thoughts? And if you can't control the thoughts, how do you expect to control the breathing? Uh, excuse me, your feelings. And if you can't control your feelings, then what's the point of this anyway? Well, okay, so I could now play the, the Burmese advocate of, of, of Burmese devil. So, uh, so the Burmese would say, uh, well, by are just... Are you practicing that way? Or are you just being argumentative with me? Well, I am. So I've been practicing a long time uh, like this. So, so just for the sake of my eliminate, eliminating my doubts in, in the future. Uh, well, you could say that it's not, well, the question is who's controlling, right? Is is it like the, the the small conscious self or or the whole mind, right? So I've been practicing. Right now, let's not worry about that. That's all philosophy okay. focus that we don't need to deal with. Okay. We'll okay. deal with what is the nature of the self later when you get your mind straightened out enough Great. to really figure it out. That may, makes sense. T totally agreed. So 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 let's let's make a next step. So so let's say I agree about the the, the controlling. I. I like the argument of Tanisara also that you learn something about by playing with it, right? By 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 learning by you know making sure you can reproduce this thing, right? Just like small children, right? So okay, so 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 let's go next. So so the way I control the breathe, even if I want to make my breath super, uh, um, don't make it super. Uh, okay. Comfortable or refreshing, it or does, it, it does not say long, super long, deep breath. It doesn't oh, use right. the word super. Okay, it's just a oh, long right. breath. Yeah, perhaps okay. to talk about it like this: that many people on the ordinary level that are breathing at about twenty uh, breaths a minute, and you can see that on many, many different videos on YouTube and other places, as well as if you're around people. And so it is about average, about 20. We're looking about cutting that down uh, to half or probably a quarter of that speed. Mm. The next point is, is that when people are breathing very um, shallow, uh, 20 breaths a minute, they go from like 40% to 60% on the in-breath, and then the out-breath is from 60% down to 40%, leaving a whole bunch of stuff, about two-thirds of the lungs, never gets cleaned out. But we don't want to go for zero to 100. That's ridiculous on many levels. But let's look at it that we're going to get it down to about 30 and up to about 80 by having a long, interesting, deep breath. And the easy way to do that is by counting to five on an in-breath and counting to five on an out-breath and then a couple of uh, uh, counts between the in-breath and the out-breath. That will help the breathing slow down. Once we get the breathing slowed down, we don't have to do the counting anymore, but it's a good thing to get started. What do you, what do you suggest? Because some people say that we should learn from the out-breath how to relax. So 
should out-breath be complete relaxation or, or should, also, should it, it also be, be controlled? Just, uh, just as a sigh, <sighs> which mm -hmm. takes a whole lot longer to do. A nice sigh takes a whole lot longer than your average in-breath, out-breath. Um, just relax. That whole point is to learn to relax. You're making it far too technical. You've read far too many books. Oh, for sure. For sure. So, so, but the, the, okay, so, so in practice, the problem is that I, whenever I start to, uh, I, I think I have any idea of, you know, how, that I should be controlling the breath, which, which you said is, is okay in itself. It's, I start to control the breath from, from if this your place. your intention is to intentionally oxygenate the body. Mm -hmm. Knowing that normal breathing uh, is a scarcity mentality. The reptilian part of the brain is conservative. Right, yeah. Okay, and so our yeah. breathing is normally conservative, which means that we also conserve energy. We don't use the frontal cortex or he gets tired. Okay, and so our breathing gets shallow. If, our, if we intentionally start taking deeper breaths, then that oxygen that's coming in will help oxygenate the body, wake us up, as well as wake up the mind, so that the mind's not, now got more juice. Also, the blood tends to clean out all of the poisons that muscles and uh, neurons and all that kind of stuff put out. And it's either collected and disposed of either through the lungs or through the kidneys. If we're doing deep breathing, then it's a whole lot quicker and that the purification is better. So we can actually, with a few breaths, breathe ourselves out of anger. It's hmm. quite physiologically possible if we know what we're doing. And so beginning to learn to control your breathing so that you really got a good hold and uh, Achan Tanisaro is correct when he says play with it, mm. learn it, right. know it, but above all, have control over it. So, so I think my main problem is you, you have this conservative reptilian brain, uh, which not only leads to shallow breathing, in my case, it actually leads to, to literally stopping the breathing. I, I all so often I literally stop breathing, and this is like my habit. Because only then I can focus on my thoughts and I don't feel the emotions in the body, right? You don't right? need to focus on your thoughts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but this is the habit, right? This is That's the, the whole point, right? This is the, okay. the, the avoiding, avoiding habit. So, but, so this is strong habit. And I think that the way I learned to deal with this like conservative avoidant habit is to, to forcing myself to do something in social situations, right? And this is also like lifelong habit, right? So to be... To be um, to use force and violence in a way towards the, the other side of the mind. So so the one side of the mind was wants to escape I the other. That in you, it's oh. easy to see. It's okay. really really easy to see. Yeah yeah. So 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 how to? So my question is, and and then you can see how the the conflict uh, arises, right? Because the controlling is. Feeling, is feeling aversion towards the conservative reptilian brain. This, right? this is, in fact, a turnaround. Right. This is a turnaround. Sometimes I ask a student the following question on the first call, and that is, is do you want me to put, uh, to pick and put some, uh, fill in some holes in your understanding and practice, 
Or do you want me to accept the Dama cart? The Apple cart? Do you want uh, me to turn the whole thing over? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm sure I'm full of, Are like... Are you sure that you want me to do that? Because normally when I ask that question, the guys say yes, but they don't call back. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. You, 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 you check me, but I, I, I think I'm ready for... Uh, like questioning my assumptions that I haven't even noticed. Okay, exactly. So um, much of what people are practicing when they call it meditation is doing basically the same thing that they were doing before they started meditating. They're just doing it harder. Yeah, totally. That's, that's, that's me. And so we need to make a U-turn. Hmm. A complete U-turn. And that U-turn is basically from and stop wanting things. Stop wanting out of your meditation. And enjoy it instead. Enjoy the fact that you don't want anything. In fact, wanting something is a hindrance. And wanting enlightenment is a huge hindrance. Don't tell me about it. I learned the hard way. Enlightenment is a you wanting anything that we don't have, but wanting enlightenment is very, very common. I want out of my crap. I want out of my crap. And so we're like a little child that has a dirty diaper, hoping somebody's going to change our diaper. I want out of my crap. Except that the diaper is <laughs> mental, a mental construction, and the mind's full of crap. And we need to learn to give ourselves a shower, completely all on our own, okay? Right then and there, as soon as you catch that stuff in the mind, throw it out right now. That's the technique, is dukkha, dukkha, naroda, not dukkha, 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 Ah, I see the dukkha. I, I, hopefully it will it will stick in my mind what you just done. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's that was great. So actually, I have you know, okay. So let me again play like the uh, turn it around because so I, I I have two teachers in my mind. Okay, I have in my mind I have Tanisara, which is like do you can do it right? You 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 have to try. You you have to Ajahn Tanisara, right? Uh, I think Carl. Uh, uh, no, I, I like Santicaro, but but no, I, I've been listening to to Santicaro a little bit, but I, I haven't heard. He, he hasn't oh, recorded you're a saying, lot of Dhamma. You're saying Tanisaro. 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 Okay. So this is All right. and 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 in my wrong understanding, the the forceful, the the violent part of my mind is Tanisaro, and the and the kind of avoidant part is the Saira Utejaniya, who is all about uh, Chitanupasana. So just what. Saira Utejaniya, he's 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 student of Sri Yomi, who was name very slowly. I get Sayadaw, and after that, I'm lost. Utejaniya, Utejaniya. So he's. I don't know. Okay, so he's he's Burmese, and he he he's student of Sri Yomi, who was student of Mahasi, but he he kind of revolutionized in a way Mahasi's approach by eliminating the labeling, just as you are like re repeatedly well, talking about. a good move. <laughs> right. And then, and then basically focusing on Chitanopasana, so just watching the attitude of the mind. And 
but without so what's what's interesting in what you're saying is that I have to connect these two approaches because Utejania doesn't say, you know, eliminate the craving, but then do something, right? He he just saying he he's just saying that when we recognize anatta, then the mind itself will start become wholesome, right? And I've been that practicing that you have to say this anger is not me or this thought is right. not me. It's not right. mine. This is not who I am. Which is exactly the same phrase as aha I see you, Dukkha. Right. Or aha right. I see you, Myra was the word that the Buddha used, but it's not the emphasis upon aha I see. It's that whatever it is is not the Myra. You have to see Anatta. That I am not the Mara, and yet you do, and that's what he's trying to tell you. He's trying to tell you to disassociate yourself from this stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See it in the mind as something in the mind, but it's not who you are. Right, but but and and that that's okay. Okay, yeah, that's that's my habit. So um, my my. I mean, I think I am comfortable with this part, but, but the, the, the problem here is that he is, he will never uh, usually suggest to then, you know, controlling, right? So, and what I'm getting at is, well, where's the middle ground between... But you seeing... just did when you came out of it. You did control it. You threw out the thought, I am suffering into aha uh -huh, i am not the suffering the suffering is separate from me and by mm -hmm. doing so that throws it out this is controlling it right right all right now we can go down the down the list of suttas where i can make the points in fact that might be a good way for you and i to work with each other mm -hmm. okay let's go now to sutta number 19 in the majjhima nikaya two kinds of thought the name of the suit is two kinds of thought. So you can go read that at a later time. And I won't tell you how the Buddha talks about it, but let's talk about it in the sense of wholesome or unwholesome thoughts. Thoughts of greed, thoughts of non-greed, thoughts of ill will, thoughts of non-ill will, thoughts of violence, thoughts of non-violence, okay? Or harmlessness. This is one way of looking at it. That's the way it is in the suttas. But the Buddha is pointing out, in fact, that the unwholesome is um, the hindrances. And the wholesome is freedom from the hindrances. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And now we can look at various places like Sutta number 39 that actually defines the hindrances and talks about why it's so valuable to be free from each one of the hindrances. And the only way to do it is by changing our mind, throwing the bad thoughts out and throwing the good thoughts in. Now, he may not have ever mentioned that you've got to control the mind, but darn it, you have to, or you won't ever get anywhere. Are you going to just let those old unwholesome thoughts roll? If so, then why would the Buddha make such a distinction? The answer can be found in Sutta number 48. There is where he fully defines the, uh, the, uh, the hindrances and calls them, in this case, obstructions, and I think it's just a difference in translation. 
Uh, and then the, the, the phrase is that the student begins to know that no matter how obstructed the mind is, he can clean it out and see the way things actually are in this present moment. Now that nails a lid on your coffin of it's okay to keep uh, unwholesome thoughts in the mind because some teacher somewhere didn't say use the word control. This is all about learning to control the mind. If you can't learn to control your mind, then what's the point of anything? Yeah, I mean, he didn't say not to not to do anything with the with the with the thoughts. He well, his approach would be just to be aware of them and whether the mind will let go right. or not. And is as long me. as you're aware of them and not right. throw them out, you will stay at that place of dealing with them and aware of them until you finally get so disgusted with them that you throw them out. Why mm -hmm. wait so long? Right, right, right. Well, not become completely disgusted with them immediately. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess, yeah, probably he would say that uh, it's it's the wisdom that after a while wisdom develops and it starts acting before. But, uh, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some wisdom now. Let's start seeing Dukkha for Dukkha's sake so that we can re recognize I've got a job to do here. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the this kind of misguided... ...find out one thought at a time. I think this kind of misguided understanding of Anatta that I'm... I'm sure I have most of the time, leaves a lot of space for just habits. So what I think is just, the mind itself is just like bad habits, right? So I'm kind of leaving the, 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 the action to them, right? They, they, they will do, if, if I don't act, they will, they will act for sure, right? Uh, yeah. Um, and I, and I, don't, I totally agree that there is a difference. I mean, Buddha says in a lot of suttas that this is path of effort, right? Uh, that leads to no effort. And... And some of these, that, that this is the, I teach the path of effort that leads to no effort, right? So, and uh, while the, the, the Burmese no, sometimes say... Karma that mm. leads to the end of karma. Right, uh, action right. that is neither bright nor dark leads to actions that are neither bright nor dark, but it does lead to the end of action. Mm -hmm. However point about right effort is correct, that the right amount of effort is the least amount of effort necessary to actually get the job done, in this case, is to get the hindrances out of the mind. It's going to take some effort for some people, especially mm -hmm. when you're used to just noting the hindrances without actually understanding this is dukkha. So we really have to get in touch with what is a hindrance how it applies, what it is, et cetera, like that, so we can be free from it. So and can, can we do effort? It takes an investigation. We have to actually see what's going on. So how, how to make sure that and get really good at it, it becomes easier, but in the beginning it's going to take some effort. In fact, there's two kinds of effort that needs to happen for the beginning student. One is the effort of starting to control the breathing and watch the breath, slow it down, getting it deep. And the second effort is about that uh, disassociating yourself from that thought or feeling. And that mm. disassociation, the Buddha used the term, aha, I see you, Myra. And by right. disassociation of ourself, that's what throws the hindrances out. But in fact, the disassociation mm. thought is a different thought from the actual hindrance that we were in. So we wake up 
And now the new thought is disassociating ourselves from that hindrance. Uh -huh, I see you. And so now the next thought is the gladdening of the mind, which is, in fact, can be the same thought. Uh -huh, I see you, Mara. Uh -huh, I got it. I see it. Okay. And so you're gladdening the mind right there. As well as you can have thoughts like, oh, wow, I'm sure glad I caught it. I'm glad I don't have to feel that way anymore. I'm glad I'm not having to think about how hard it is. I'm glad I can see how easy life is when I let it be easy. And so we basically gladden the mind to talk ourselves into feeling really good. We take a deep breath and we feel really good. We let it out as a sigh. Ah, this is so nice. And we mm -hmm. come to this present moment. So I'm, I'm now I'm trying to think at which point it, it's going to be hard for me. It, it is hard for me usually. And probably, so the first thing I'm is like... to understand that people who do have a developed practice throwing their whole motorcycle into reverse, which motorcycles don't have, which means you've got to actually turn the darn thing around. Yeah. Well, some Harley Hogs have a reverse, but it's more of a backup gear. But never mind. The point is, is that you want to have to make a change, and that's going to take some uh, some right attitude mm -hmm. to say that I can practice a new way, and that you have to take the effort to start practicing that way, so that you can begin to get a thread or so of feeling really good to allow yourself to have sukha. What is sukha? The actual opposite of dukkha. To go from the first noble truth into the third noble truth in a couple of three breaths. Oh, I like this. So in practical terms, I've been thinking maybe because now I'm going to like short self-retreat, that maybe I, I, I've seen one of your students, Chintan, uh, I think, writing somewhere that uh, you suggested to him doing like interval standing, sitting, standing, sitting. Maybe starting with standing would, would make it more you know, would, would kind of counterbalance the uh, the strong current of, you know, this avoiding, escaping, hiding, and going into dullness. Uh, or Yeah, that's another thing is, because that was the question that I asked you in the beginning was, when does that tension come? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Because your job is, is to catch it before it does. Mm. To throw behind the thoughts that bring on that tension out. You know, so it's you talk yourself into being in tension, and your job here is to talk, talk yourself into feeling really good instead. I think it starts with the allure. So I like the, the, the sutta where, where the Buddha, well, many suttas where the Buddha talks that we need to understand the allure and the disadvantage of the unwholesome thoughts, right? Uh, and the allure is like this pleasant... You've been in the allure for years. Now it's time yeah. to look at the unwholesome. Yeah, yeah, right, 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 exactly. Thank you. So, so I can see. So my question is, I can feel the allure of the of the dullness. It 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 it's yeah, like a, you. <laughs> it's 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 like it's like a siren song of pleasure and safety. Also, it's like a fake safety. It, it, like you will go, just follow me, you will be safe. Now, my question is, is it possible for me to see the? The, uh, the disadvantage, or how, how I don't remember the word, uh, disadvantage of this in the moment, or should I only think about it? So should, 
or is it possible that it's not? No, you know? no, you're looking. You're you're still trying to think your way into it. Mm -hmm. What we're suggesting is for you to stop thinking and start enjoying to come okay. out of the thinking and come into the senses. Yeah. To not think about the body, but just to experience the body, to experience it as it's breathing in and out, to experience the wind, or to experience the touch of the cloth on the, on the shirt. And then you can open your eyes and experience what you're seeing. But getting out of our, you see there's six senses, and one of them is this mental sense, and a lot of people think, oh, that's the valuable one, that's the good one. No, that's the one they're stuck in. Yeah. We need to come out of that sense and into the real senses. This is why uh, Anapanasati has all of this body stuff with it. Sure. I guess the tricky thing is... out of the head and into the body. The tricky thing is the breath. Even the notion of the breath, it's mostly mental, right? So, so even when I, you know, the, the, the kind of framing, watching the breath, right? Because there's no Don't such thing... Don't watch it. Don't watch okay. it. Be okay, in okay. it, experience it, mm. know it, have great knowledge about it. Be it. Yeah, be it. Yeah, yeah. Probably this is. Uh... So yeah, sometimes framing it as sensations or just feeling the body versus feeling the breath is like helps me because the breath is so. Talk about somehow or another, but yeah. we're all trying yeah. to point yeah. to an experience that is very difficult for many people who are caught yeah. in their head come yeah, out of their heads so that they can experience their senses. Would you suggest, let's say, to focus, let's say, on, the, I don't know, the, the belly or, or something like this to, to, to be like more no far away? No particular place. No particular okay. place. Okay, 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 okay. In fact, step three of Anapanasati in the Anapanasati yeah. Sutta is experience the whole body. And in fact, in, in uh, uh, Bhikkhu Bodhi's translation, at that point, he sticks in, in paraphrase, of the breath, the whole body of the breath. And Tanisaro and he have been fighting over that for 30 years. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, and also, Ajahn Brahm, I think they also understand it as a body of the breath. Uh, uh, yeah, but it, it, it makes sense. That's also... That's what's in the sutta. The whole... That's... No, it's the whole body of the breath is not in the sutta. Yeah. And the similar of the, you know, the, the whole, the distributing it like a powder. The body is the body of breath. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you could say, okay, the body of breath would be like from the nostrils down to the, to the uh, lower abdomen. But in fact, the whole body would also include, and in fact, if you look in certain suttas like uh, the Satipatthana Sutta, Number 10, where the Buddha is talking about grasping and reaching and touching and experiencing the hands and the face and all kinds of stuff is in there, as well as we've got walking meditation, and I rest my case. Whole body, not whole body of breath. Sorry. Sure. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I don't have problems with it. My problem is actually that it's super hard for me to feel the whole body because of the, you know, mental pull, right? A little bit at a time. Sorry? You got start a little bit at a time. You got to start someplace. Yeah. Um, good. You got to learn to jump off of a uh, um, 
a porch before you learn to jump off of the side of a cliff. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I, I had a lot of time and I've been doing this for years, but yeah, as you say, I guess I have to find a moment where I got think these things wrong, right? Right, the, the U-turn and this is tricky. You gotta find the moment where you actually enjoy experiencing the body. Hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. To enjoy experiencing the body right now, rather than hoping that by experiencing the body you're going to get something out of it later to enjoy. Hmm. No. You're experiencing the body is going to be right now, and all the value of experiencing the body is going to be done right now, including the fact that you are getting some uh, skill development along the way. But other than that, start enjoying what you're doing. Instead of hoping for something better, by doing this, you get that. That's nothing but just the, um, uh, you probably heard of the woeful states. The woeful states of hell. Preta, the, uh, the hungry ghosts, the Asuras, and the animal world. You spend most of your life as an animal, doing what you're told to do, hoping that you're going to get some future reward. Reactive, yes, and avoiding. We train our children that way in every culture. And so we need for you to stop looking or wanting something out of your meditation. Because that's preventing you from actually enjoying the meditation right here now. To be able to throw those hindrances out and say, wow, I'm glad to be free of that junk. Wanting to become enlightened. <laughs> what dukkha that is. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what would you say about, because I... If I can't enjoy, at least watching what prevents me from enjoying, because sometimes when I do meta, it sometimes is helpful, even if I can't feel the meta, which is like 99% of the time, to see what prevents me. Right. Okay. No one is going to spread joy they don't have. Right. It becomes an empty ritual for everyone. Mm -hmm. Spreading joy they don't have. May all beings be happy, especially me. So what's the first part? You've got to develop the sukha first. That's the first thing that you do. That's in fact metta itself. Only you're being metta with yourself. You're being friends with yourself. You're becoming friends with the way that you think. Instead of being an enemy with your insides. You become friends with these deep, bad feelings. Get to know them so that you can train them. Put them to use. Okay, so, so again, so where's the, again, where's the, let's say I'm, I'm saying as someone who's super attached to his dukkha, where's the first sparkle? I, I can't feel joy, I can't feel meta. Is the first sparkle, you know, I see Omara, so just the sheer sati and yes, recognition? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You just keep telling yourself you can. I can't feel it. It's not good enough. Nothing is that. You just smiled. You just smiled. You just demonstrated pleasure. I caught you at it. Yeah, because I know you're right. I mean, yeah, I. But I hear that. Yeah, but uh -huh, if uh -huh. you can 
smile and enjoy the moment. You can give yourself, you can tell yourself a joke. Oh, now, actually. It is, it is true that children, when we are little children, age three, two, <clears throat> four, that age, all kids love to play. We investigate. We tear the toys up. We do all kinds of things. We write on the wall. And then mom comes in and throws a hissy fit. We don't remember how much fun we had writing on the wall. We remember her being unhappy in spades. Okay? Yeah. And so we as humans tend to, because of the survival instinct, yeah, that's a good. We tend to remember the bad, the dangerous, and we tend to slough off and don't remember all of the good stuff. <laughs> but you a... have had pleasure in your life, and you probably have pleasure every day that you don't even let yourself know that you have. That's a that's a great metaphor, you know, because there's this the the the, the actually the, the the counterbalance to the joy is this social expectations thing it's it's even not the other people but the expectations like me seeing that the maybe not my mother but like the something that acts like my mother like the the, the same dynamics right and that i shouldn't actually I know, this I've kind been of talking to her often throughout our talk today actually <laughs> yeah that's that's that that's a good one thank you uh -huh. yeah that's that's right so this kind of rebellion in a way right that i can do it against these expectations right for myself it's all in the like it's all mixed right together the buddha calls this silabata paramasa it's the second fetter Sivabhata Paramasa means that we get attached to rites, rules, rituals, ways of doing things, laws, etc. Who get, guess where you got all your rights and rules? Yeah. 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 That's a, it's, it's an interesting so way to... Psychologists, they know all about this in, in the sense of ego states. Freud called it the superego and um, Byrne called it the parent ego state. But yes, that's the one that tells us that we're not supposed to feel happy. We haven't eaten our broccoli yet, so we cannot have our dessert. And what I'm telling you is, is that no, you can go right to the dessert. You do not have to eat broccoli anymore. That you are not an animal being told what to do and you are forced around to do it. You can take control of your own life instead of having this life Actually, your life is already controlled by the parent inside your head, which yeah. is what most people do. And the way that we feel about it is oppressed by that um, parent ego state. So the child ego state in ourselves is never allowed to be the winner, is generally always remaining the uh, underdog, the victim, the loser. And you can change your attitude. You are not the loser that you were trained to be. You can decide that you're going to be capable of being happy. You know what's what's interesting, like almost physical manifestation of what's going in me of this dynamic is that I almost always during meditation, my mouth starts to smile, but my eyes, and I, I, I came to understand it not well quite recently, 
you know, right, the, let's go with that. Let's go with that. Stay well, with feel... the smile and forget the head. Okay. Stay with the smile and relax outward from the smile. Let the smile be the the uh, the leader. Yeah, but this, it's it's like eyes are sad and uh, the 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 mouth is smiling and it. I have this attention to it other than just you kind of in that sense of noting it but don't go into all of this tiny deep inspection of the stuff mm -hmm. spend your time figuring out how to relax instead which would be the real point anyway one of the things you can do is you can roll your head around and you can uh yeah rub. you can rub the top of your head you can get a wet rag and you can wash your face there's a lot of stuff that you can do, but what you do instead is, I know, I've heard all about it. <laughs> yeah, and, and what also comes up is that feeling of this fakeness, because this is what I think about myself, yeah, right? Yeah, tell mom this is real. But, I mean, this, this is real. Uh -huh. Okay, it's okay, it is real. Yeah. It's good enough. That's the whole point. You've got to get yourself into a state that this is real, it's good enough. It does not have to match any expectations. It's just enjoyable and delightful right now. It's good enough. It's satisfying. It's satisfactory. That's the feeling that we're looking for. Yeah. And when you come to the point of this is not satisfying enough, recognize that that too is a hindrance because we're wanting more satisfaction that we have instead of just allowing and enjoying the satisfaction that we do have. This is good enough. That's the practice. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find uh, uh, any problems that my mind will have with it in the future, but maybe I just should... You don't have to do that. Yeah. You don't have yeah. to... Okay problems when the problem does come up throw that out too and say never mind i'm going to enjoy all right let me use this analogy the analogy is that you're going to uh, learn to pay the piano so you buy a piano you buy a bunch of piano books you hire a teacher you've had your first lesson and now you spend that whole first week doing anything but practice the piano for instance, you practice the violin or the guitar, or you play football, but you're not practicing the piano. Is that the right way to learn to practice piano? Is that to learn the way to play the piano? No. No, you've actually got to practice the piano and learning in order to learn how to play the piano. Is that correct? Sure. Okay. So... If the skill that we need to develop is the skill of joy, the skill of satisfaction, then we need to at least get a little of it going so that we can practice getting that much of it. Yeah. To learn how to be satisfied with this present moment. Yeah, I, I think this is the this is exactly the step that I should be like focusing on. Uh, yeah. Um, this is where everybody needs to start focusing. Uh, to throw the hindrances out and come to a state of, oh, this is really nice. I need to focus on and be able to, uh, if 
In other words, people say that, oh, I'm going to meditate and go really, really, really deep. And the deeper I go, then somewhere down there, there's bliss. Right. And this is just some kind of perception, right? Of going deeper. It's like... On On some rare occasions, they do find out of some way of talking themselves into bliss. But then when they come back out of it, next time they want it, but they don't know how they got it. Yeah. Okay, this is an actual training in that bliss, that satisfaction. And this is the view of the like psychotherapy as well, right? That you have to get rid of some bad stuff first. And this is very, I mean, there are some useful things. That's what you do, but it only takes an instant. All you have to do is recognize it. As soon as you see that thought is unwholesome, out it goes. And I can feel good again right now. This is the practice. You don't have to wait and look and search. For the like only all you have to do is to wake up and say, there it is, throw it out. Yeah, just piece by piece, right? Um, and and you're, 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 you're like exactly right that usually in this kind of practice, people actually are aware, and let's talk about me, I am aware of the defilements and I'm not really getting rid of them, right? If there's no gladdening, right? Uh, and I can be aware, but it's not really, I'm kind of still enjoying them, uh, probably, right? Um, kind of still clinging. You're used to them. Yeah, They're, right. It's effort to throw them out. And, and then again, for me, like the problem is that I start with this kind of violent effort because I don't have any other kind of effort, right? You, all you have to do is by recognizing there's not a violent, and in fact, the throw, perhaps I, I, for you, the word throwing out is not the right word because you're, you're used to actually throwing things. So let's use, find a better word to use. You're actually replacing it. Yeah. It's almost like a conveyor belt. The mind is like a conveyor belt. And this moment in this place is this thought, but the conveyor belt moves. What are you going to put in that conveyor belt now? The thought of, ah, I'm glad that old thought's gone. And then the next fine moment comes by. The conveyor belt now is empty. What are you going to put in there? Okay, a deep breath. And then the, the car, and then the conveyor belt moves on, and now this is an empty spot. What are we going to do with this moment? We're going to gladden the mind. Oh, wow, I'm so glad to be free from those hindrances. It always felt magical. By itself, the one that we were actually caught in now is four, five, six mind moments down the, <laughs> down the conveyor belt. I always, when thinking about the sutta, when the, the, the Buddha talks about different ways of dealing with unwholesome thoughts, and he starts with the replacing as the most uh, efficient way, right? Replace unwholesome with wholesome. It always felt for me I like something magical. I've been talking about for since the last hour and 14 minutes. Sorry? That's what we have been talking about for the right. last hour uh, and 14 minutes, period. Yeah. Don't go to step, stay at the first step and develop that as a skill. Recognize the unwholesome thought and throw it out and replace it with a wholesome thought. So so I guess I always felt like this is some kind of magical, there's something missing. How how do I replace, how do I... Magical. And yet Mm -hmm. everyone from the West wants to make the teaching of the Buddha magical and a lot of people in Asia think it's magical also. Very practical. 
but you have to keep doing it over and over again because the mind is, is um, let us say, ground into or polished in a certain way. Yeah. So what... we change that. we got to change the way it's polished. So the way my habits think is that what I have is the unwholesome thought. And how do I magically, you know, get rid of it? I, I have to work with There's this. Not magically. You see them. Right. You wake up to them. This is right. Sati. Okay. Sati is Shiwaki. You, you wake up to see the thought and you recognize this is unwholesome. You do the investigation. Mm-hmm. To see, is this wholesome thought? Is it not wholesome thought? You woke up. So the question is, is this a wholesome thought or an unwholesome thought that you just had? Because all the way, by the way, by this time, the conveyor belt has moved. So would you say I should recognize the wholesomeness of the recognition of the sati and like enjoy this, right? Precisely. That is gladdening the mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm sure. Some insight is coming. Finally. <laughs> well, I, 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 uh, yeah, like uh, I, I try to recognize this, this my mind, which, which, which tries to find another problem, right? Uh, and try to kind of learn this kind of thing as a, as a, as a, as a, as a Mara. Uh, Anyway, I have definitely enough to uh, get things going on my mini retreat. So um, uh, okay. thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Next time, I better say it like this. Next time we can actually talk about the practice itself. Mm -hmm. Okay. Next time, I hope that you can listen to te the teaching about the practice with not too much interruptions. And number three, I hope that you call really soon. Okay, okay, I will okay. as soon as I get back. Just, just, just to clarify, some because I've been listening to some of your talks, I sometimes I interrupted when I when I thought that you know I kind of maybe that that's a mistake on my part. Instead of like really deeply listening, I I, I knew it intellectually. Uh, so. Um, what would you recommend to just even in, even if I heard it all, uh, already to, to keep listening to I try to call in a couple of days, practice for a couple of days and then call me. Sure, cool. That's that's the plan. Okay. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you very soon. Thank you. Okay. Have see a you. Great day. Bye bye.